I, my brain's just not been working today. Okay. <laughs> but now I can't think of the name of the movie with Frankie Muniz and Amanda Bynes. Big Fat Liar. <laughs> they don't weigh the same. They really don't. <laughs> just saying. I have to fight them. I have to face them alone. And they're like, no, you can't. There must be another way. Yeah. And you know what? That's the beauty of this game is it kind of forces you into that perspective because mm, it gets it gets down to it. Sweet. Hi. <laughs> Hello. I'm Howdy, Rosa. y'all. <laughs> and I'm Amiel. <laughs> yes. And, and this is to... the Click and Flick podcast. The very one where we like to talk about clicks and flicks, and we call video games and movies clicks and flicks. And then at the end of the episode, we will give our click and flick a rating out of 10 clicks or flicks. And if we like it, we click it and flick it. And if we don't like it, then we (laughs) kick it. And trick it. Bada bing. Yep. Bada boom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and in this episode, we are going to start with the flick of the evening. Lady of the evening. Mm-hmm. And tonight's flick, my friends, is the 2001 Netflix movie, Gunpowder Milkshake. <laughs> I'm sorry, you said 2001? <laughs> oh, yeah, I did. That was an error. Oh, it stood up 21. Because I was like, this was made in 2001. I believe Yeah, my you. bad. No, no, no. I just slipped a slip of the tongue, y'all. 2021. Okay. 21. Um, Got it. <laughs> Got it. That was my bad. No, you're fine. You're totally okay. Um, I was literally <laughs> looking at the year as I was reading it. Like, I don't know why I said Oh, really? <laughs> Your brain's playing tricks on you. I uh, got you. Never forget. So, <laughs> Gunpowder Milkshake is a action adventure. The best way mm-hmm. I would describe the, like, feel of this movie is, I would say, like, When you go to Venice Beach and you go into, like, the art, like, stalls and you see those Mm -hmm. ones that are just, like, it's, like, a black background with, like, a dice that's on fire and, like, an old car and it's, like, a neon diner sign. And that's, like, the painting. (laughs) Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. 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 That's exactly. That's this movie. That's, like, the feel of this movie. It's, like, (laughs) those paintings. Just, like, someone... Looked at that painting and said, okay, but can we make this two hours? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is um, such a good description. <laughs> um, so it starts off with... It starts off with Sam, who is an assassin. Mm-hmm. And she's in a diner. And she's, like, it flashes back to her when she was 15. And she's in this diner. And this diner is actually 
going to be pretty important later on because this is like a safe spot. This diner is like the neutral zone for all the assassins to meet up and do business without fear of any conflict. So, right. Mm -hmm. So the waitresses collect all the guns and everything before anyone goes in the diner. Um, So Sam is 15 at this time when she was waiting in the diner. Um, Or is she 15? Or it says 15 years ago. I assume she was 15 because it looks like she... She looked like a like a teenager at the time, so I would assume that if she was fifteen, and then it was fifteen years later, she could be thirty now, which makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, but she's around that age, and her mom, basically, who is an assassin, is like, "I need to go and abandon you." (laughs) Yeah, Um, Yeah. she's like, "What?" And she like (laughs) gives her mom a book that had like a cutout of a gun in it, and the mom disappears. And then Paul Giamatti, who is, like, their boss, kind of raises the daughter, Sam. So now Sam is, like, being raised to be an assassin. And the movie starts off with um, she's, like, on a job and basically kills, like, 20 guys. And unfortunately, one of them was kind of, like, the son of a mob boss. Mm -hmm. And... He was, like, not really supposed to be there, and it was, like, wrong place at the wrong time, but she ended up killing everyone there, so he died. And um, that puts a target on her back for the rest of the movie. Mm -hmm. So she kills the son and Mm -hmm. then goes back to her boss and is assigned to a new job. But I can't remember if she's assigned to the new job first before she goes to the library, or if she goes to the library um, first, but either way, no, she she after she was assigned the job first. Okay, so mm-hmm. then to go get her weapons for the job, she goes to the library, mm-hmm. and I don't. I'm kind of confused by this scene because okay, she <laughs> looks the same to me, right? Like, yeah. Her hair color is the same. Her hair color is the same. She's not, she hasn't really changed. She had bangs and now they grow out, basically. Right. But she goes to this librarian who she used to get books from for her mom and she acts like she doesn't know her and like they've never talked. And she's like, oh, I'm like, why are you acting like you don't know her? Why don't you go up to her and say, hey, do you remember me? My mom was this. Can I have another book? Like... Right. It was weird right. for her to just go up and be like, I need to work books and for it to be. So this whole, it was kind of weird. The, ex- but, the exchange was strange, yeah. <laughs> um. So they end up going and taking her to um, like the secret like basement where they have all these weapons. And... The two other librarians are there, and they also don't recognize her. So nobody recognizes this girl who doesn't really make sense because later we find out that they, like, raised her. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And suddenly now (laughs) they don't recognize her, even though she didn't disappear. Her mom's the one who disappeared. Like, she's been in town working this whole time. So I don't know why... 
they don't recognize her. But I don't either. <laughs> but they don't recognize her, and they're like, "Should we kill her?" And they're like, um, "No, let's give her a chance." And they're like, "What's your name?" And they're like, "It's Sam." And they're like, "Oh, it's Scarlet's daughter." And they're like, "I told you, I had a hunch." And she was like, acting as if she didn't like know them or knew that how they were related, like their relationship with her mom. But the whole thing doesn't really make sense later. Right. Right. So they help her, they give her weapons and she goes and to do the job. And what the job that she has to do is killing a accountant from the firm who isn't part of the, in who knows that the firm is actually a cover for an assassin group, but they're like an actual right. accountant, he says, from the clean side of the firm, which right. I think it's so funny that they are using accountant as a code word for assassin when in 2021, accountant is not the code word for assassin. <laughs> it is a code word for another <laughs> occupation, but not so <laughs> that's just wrong, yeah. but okay. <laughs> yeah. We'll go with it. But he's on the other, right. he's on the clean, clean side of the business. And he's a real accountant. <laughs> he's an actual accountant. But he stole all this money for this group of, like, this, this like, group that kidnapped his daughter, who we don't ever really find out. They were just, like, for, like, random people, I guess. Yeah. Because um, they stole all this money, kidnapped his daughter, and um, they end up getting so greedy with the money once they get it um they all like end up killing each other to <laughs> try they to be like did. the one to get a- to get away with the money it but was they a literally massacre. all just kill each other um, yeah but sam ends up before all that shooting the dad before she finds out that his daughter was kidnapped so she shoots him and then feels bad when he tells her that why he stole the money she takes him to right. a dentist who um she i guess like is really good with bullet wounds she like i guess maybe he was like a um like a doctor who like lost his um practice license or something, or something yeah yeah um because he's like seems like obviously he's like seems like very hostile and like mm-hmm. <laughs> um not all there <laughs> Right, right. But she takes the dad to him to try to get him to fix him after she shoots him. But he's shot in, like, the stomach. And he's... Yeah. The dentist is not, like, very enthusiastic to help. So I'm pretty sure that he just, like, let him die. Um, Yeah. But she ends up going and saving the daughter. um, In trade with the money. Yeah, for the money. The money mm-hmm. gets blown up with all the boys who <laughs> are greedy. And yeah. <laughs> um, Emily, who's the daughter, ends up kind of being... She goes, I'm her apprentice to, about Sam later in the movie. So she ends up being, like, on her uh, her little sidekick thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but... So they go back to the dentist office, um, right? She takes her back to the yeah, dentist the- office to try to save her mm-hmm. dad. And um, three of the goons that she had beat up previously are, like, there getting medical help, too, because they also work with the firm, but they 
we're going after her now because now the leader of the firm thinks that she's like trying to steal the money. Yeah. So like she went rogue or something. Right. Like she's Mm. trying to um, keep it from them when she was like, it blew up or I guess he's like, well, if the money's gone, then it doesn't matter. You're responsible for it. So you're going to die. Right. And the guys are kind of like, it's so weird. These like fight scenes don't like, they're just not, they're There's no cohesiveness to them, but yeah, they're just thrown into the film. Yeah. Nah, here's a fight scene. And the choreography is basically just like, let's like jump around flailing our arms and then we'll do a zoom in of something really like cringy, like stabbing someone's neck or something. Like it's weird. Right. There, I don't know if we're at that part, but I'll talk about it in a minute. And the, the goons that are at the, the doctor's office thing. Uh huh. They they had already been told to go after her once, and the second time the guy was like, "Okay, all bets are off. Like you can kill her. I don't need her alive." Anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we are kind of jumping around, but that's okay. Oh. They were. Um, this was the second time they went after her, but she ends up beating them, killing them all in the dentist office. She spares the dentist. Uh. That's right. Okay. Got it. I'm following. I'm following. I got it. And her arms, the dentist, like, gives her something in her arms to um, numb them. And so she's, like, paralyzed. Her arms are paralyzed. And this dentist is, reminds me of the dentist from Little Shop of Horrors. How he's, yes. like, addicted to laughing gas. I'm pretty sure that's, like, where they got the... I'm sure he was inspired by Steve Martin. <laughs> but... Um, so the dentist paralyzes her arms now, so she can't drive when they try to escape. Um, and she has Emily sit on her lap and she's like, I'll do the brake and gas and you steer and do the, like, luckily it's an automatic because yeah. she just has yeah. to drive reverse. Um. But they're doing, like, intense stunt driving. And I'm like... Yes. They're able to do this just by em- by Sam sitting still and saying, Left. Right. Hard left. Reverse. Right. <laughs> it is... And she gets in, like, these super maneuvers. She backs into a parking spot. She, like, goes into this. And I'm like... That's Impossible. Not <laughs> it's how impossible. any of this works. That's not no. how. <laughs> no. But they escaped. And the Nathan, who's the the mob boss of the firm, um, Paul Giamatti. Um, I was going to make a joke how. <laughs> the, <laughs> But now I can't think of the name of the movie with Frankie Muniz and Amanda Bynes. Big Fat Liar. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, the bad guy from Big Fat Liar is at it again. <laughs> hey, he's coming out. He's making his he's, second debut. <laughs> Things never got any better. This is a continuation. This is a spinoff of that. It's his story of what happens after. 
Oh my god, accurate. <laughs> he becomes the leader of an accountant firm that's really for assassins. <laughs> but he tells her, like, here's an address to go to with a package, like one last package for you. And is that, is that right? And she goes there yeah. and it's her mom's apartment. Uh-huh. This is to keep you her mom, safe. By the way, her mom, by the way, is Cersei Lannister. Yes, it is, girl. <laughs> Love. Uh, I know. So, some more badass acting for Lena Headey. Hedy? Yes. Um, I think it's Hedy. So, here's, like, so many things I don't, like, why? Why is her mom <laughs> there in town? Like, she's driving distance. She just has to go there. Know. Oh, hey, mom. And she gets there. And, and they never explain it. And there's no, like, um, right. And also, why would... <laughs> why would he be like, I'm not protecting you anymore. Oh, here, let me reconnect you with your mom, who I'm also not protecting anymore and sent her off into, like... Right. Here, let me let you guys team up and try to kill me. Like... And, like, did all. he not know what was coming? Right. Why would he literally send her? And Right. And then also, it doesn't explain, like, her mom's just there, like, and then they just talk. And then she just, like, tells her mom the whole story of everything that just happened. And tells her mom that she killed the Emily's dad before she tells Emily. And, like... Oh, yeah. There's no... She makes, like, a like a snarky remark here and there about how the mom abandoned her and left, and that's it. There's no actual, like, mistrust, you know what I mean? Like, there right. would be. <laughs> she is just like, right. hi, mom. Love you. We're best friends. Like, there, Yeah, and there's this, like, <laughs> sickening, like, relationship. Uh, what's, what's the word for it? It's like... Hmm, the, it, Incest? It's like... Yeah, she's no, a victim. Like, she's obviously hurt by the whole thing. But she's, like, goes back to her mom, like, oh, 15 like, years. Right. Like, like her happened. mom is, a little, like, nothing other. It's like people, like, yeah. staying in relationships with, like, other yes. partners and stuff. Like, yes. Yes. Yeah. Completely ignorant to the fact that it happened. Yeah. And... <sighs> It's just weird. It's just <laughs> I know. weird that that's like, oh, okay, and it just moves on. So then they, so then they explain that she disappeared because she killed the person who killed her husband, who was Sam's dad. Mm-hmm. And so she was like getting revenge on him, but then that was also like a powerful person that now he couldn't protect her, so she had to run away. So she's like, Oh, I right. made a mistake and I let my emotions like I killed the wrong person I wasn't on a job for because it was your he killed your dad or whatever. Um And then they go to the library and all the librarians are are like, Oh my gosh, you're back, except for the one played by um Angela Bassett. Who, mm-hmm. whose name I absolutely hate. I absolutely hate this character's name. It's mm-hmm. Anna, Anna May. And the problem with this name is that the in the dialogue, people are calling her anime. 
oh, let's go talk to anime. I'm like, that's oh. <laughs> that's so hard to like. I was like, what? Why are you talking about anime? And it's like, oh no, her name is anime. No, it's Anna May. But this movie's not an anime. And it's not based on an anime. And it's not based on a comic at all. <laughs> so why? Wow. I didn't catch that. <laughs> I just think but... it was annoying to me. <laughs> uh, yeah. And there's no reason. And I don't know if this, if the writer even like did it on purpose or even thought that or just thought that the name Anna and the name middle name May was cute together. But I'm like, or maybe he just loved anime or maybe he wants to name his daughter anime. But in any case, I just don't like that name. I don't like that character name because in dialogue, it just sounds like you're saying anime when you're saying hey, yeah. anime, come here. And it just it, it doesn't unless it you reads were so different. <laughs> so yeah. excuse me for my little rant. I know my name is Amiel and I don't really have room to judge other people's names, but <laughs> but it's not anime. <laughs> Or but Anna anime, May. So. Thanks, Mom and Dad, for not naming me Anna. Uh, th- thanks, Mom and Dad. <laughs> I know someone out there's name is anime, and that maybe I'm hurting their feelings, but... Well, it, it's different in a movie setting it's where it's being if your said parent as anime. <laughs> right. Right, and not being like, hey, guys, make sure that you pronounce her name Anna May so that it doesn't Enunciate, sound like you're just yeah. saying anime. Mm-hmm. But but maybe that's what they wanted. Maybe that's what they were going for. But anyways, then they all get these books and they're like, let's get some Charles Dickens and some Jane Austen and some like Margaret Thatcher and like Guy Fieri and all these famous authors. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all just weapons. <laughs> See, they should have just made this a comedy, honestly. (laughs) There's so many opportunities missed. (laughs) And so many, and there was a lot of it that was like tried to be a comedy, I think. So they're all Mm -hmm. in, so at the end, they're all in a library, and now all the bad guys are coming after them. And they all, (laughs) this is the dumbest turn of events. (laughs) <laughs> literally she's like I have to fight them I have to face them alone and they're like no you can't there must be another way and <laughs> she's like no it's my responsibility I'm gonna do this you guys go hide and get Emily safe and they're like okay fine we'll go and Emily stays and she's like I'm gonna stay I'm your apprentice and she's like she looks at her and she's all, I killed your dad. <laughs> Get out of here. Get out of here. I'm a bad guy. I killed your dad. Don't you see? And I'm like, you're literally saving this info for this moment so that you can have something to like get her to like heartbreakingly have to leave and get them separated. Like, yeah, we know like it's not. It's not subtle that this is what you were saving up this, like, plot point for. You know what I mean? Because they say, right. did you tell her about her dad yet? And she's like, no, but she's a smart kid. She'll figure it out. And it's like, 
Here's how you figure it out. I'm going to yell it in your face. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I oh, killed it. God. I killed it, dad. And. <laughs> oh. Oh my gosh, I'm going to lower my volume a little bit because I'm like screaming in my mic. <laughs> um, so she turns around and as like the other librarian is helping her then take Emily back, she goes, wait, I need guns. And the librarian says to her in kind of a snarky way, try the self-help section. And I'm like, what? Like, are you mad at her for killing the dad? But... Now you're, like, saying go try the self-help section as if you're saying help yourself, but there's actually really are guns in the self-help section, so are you helping her? Because then you turn around, and literally the next scene is then then banging on the door, and the mom goes, I have to go out there and help her. And then the mom goes out, so she's not facing them alone now. And then before they get in, they show them again banging, and then the other all the other librarians are like, we have to go help them. So none of them now. So now it's like... All of them are in a different room. They all, like, I'm like, why are you a team and deciding to separate and all be in a totally different room of the library? Mm -hmm. And luring, like, this mob of people are in one room, centralized. Here's your Mm -hmm. enemies. And you guys are like, "Mm, let's all go hide in different rooms and get them all to come and spread out. And we'll all... Like, why? You all are there. You have all the weapons. I don't know. (laughs) At least stick together. At least buddy system. Because guess what happens if you don't have a buddy system? One of you's going to die. Spoiler. Yep. I've seen it (laughs) many a time. If there's one thing I learned from playing Pokemon Unite is you stay with a buddy or else you're going to die. And as soon as they separated, I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) done (laughs) but anyway so they lure this group into like groups of like two or three and they each go into a different room and they all beat them um respectively except for the one who is in the room with the van with emily so then she ends up shooting almost everybody and then one guy who's the nephew takes emily and escapes and basically now emily is um hostage being used as a hostage, um, as leverage to try to get Sam to go because the guy wants to kill her because she killed his son from the beginning. This is the guy from the beginning of the movie. Mm. So, (laughs) um, they decide that the best place to meet to make this trade, to trade off Sam for Emily. So Sam is going to sacrifice herself. She's going to sacrifice herself. <laughs> um, and <laughs> they decide that the best place to do it is to meet at the diner because it's neutral and no one will have their guns. And mm-hmm. here's the thing is she's like, we'll go do this. I'll meet at the diner. No one will have their guns. And the mom's like, um, no, you can't. There must be another way. And... <laughs> And she goes, she's like, turns at her very sarcastically and snarky and is all, well, do you have a better plan? As as if she knows in the back of her head that 
how could she, right? Like, that's what those words mean. When you say that to someone, it's a challenge because you know that they don't have a plan. Is Right? I mean. Right. Abso- would you absolutely. Agree? Okay. Yep. So then the mom's like, okay, yeah, you're, you called me out. I don't have a plan. And then she's like, hurt, heartbroken. Her face is all, you don't have a plan? You, you, your mom, you always have a plan, mom. I'm like, why? Why do you think she always has a plan? She abandoned you 15 years ago. Why are you yeah. so heartbroken now after challenging her that she doesn't have a plan because you know she doesn't, and then she admits she doesn't, and now you're heartbroken about it? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> My words exactly. What the fuck is this movie? <laughs> M- Mom, you always have a plan. She's like, okay, well, I'm going to go off into the diner alone, and I'm going to, I'm going to give them me, and they're going to give me Emily. <laughs> <laughs> And so she goes and she sits down with the dad and the dad's like, when I was growing up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, (laughs) the dad's basically like, I used to consider myself a feminist, but then I had five daughters and now they're all girly and shit. And I'm like, I can't talk to any of them. They're all, they have glitter and unicorns and uh and i don't understand that but my son my son had a penis just like me and i understood that (laughs) he literally like verbatim says unicorns and shit didn't like what the fuck dude and i basically like okay so my dad also has five daughters and one son and was able to have conversations with his daughters and make relationships based on our personal, um, like, identities and who we are. And, <laughs> like... Oh, boy. I'm like, so I'm pretty sure that this is not the daughter's fault. <laughs> and this is not Sam's fault. That And he goes, you made me a stranger in my own house. Oh, yeah. I think you, sir, made yourself a stranger in your own house because you, instead of being able to be someone your daughters can talk to, have made yourself someone that they need to whisper about around corners because they're afraid of. So maybe look at that, bro. Um, Louder for the people (laughs) in the back. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, so So basically... Then she's like, okay, well, then let Emily go. And he's like, no, not before she watches me skin you or whatever he's going to do to her. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. So. Uh-huh. And then the waitress comes up and pulls a gun on him. And it's her mom. And she's like, mom. And then Cersei's like, I do have a plan. And then all the waitresses are the librarians with guns. <laughs> Do declare this is my plan all along. <laughs> but here's the here's the thing with that is like, so they're allowed to bring their guns in the diner. That team is, but not the other team is allowed guns in the neutral zone. Yeah, like where did the where did the waitress go? Like that was negating the whole thing. Yeah. Like where'd she go? She I'm died. Sorry. Like what I'm happened? Sorry, but literally there are episodes of community that follow the rules of the neutral zone better than this movie did like yeah you don't bring ammo in you don't bring weapons in 
and parlay. If you do, there are consequences, right? Like, where's the owner of the diner saying, no, your team doesn't get guns? Yeah. He's not there, you know? So there's a massacre now, and they kill everybody in the diner, and the girl girlies leave. And they go, <laughs> and Paul Giamatti's in his mansion, and they're like, sir, there's a Girl Scout at the door. And he's like, send her away. No, wait. Let me see her. And they go up, and it's like... Um, she has like a book in her hand. Oh yeah, it was. Oh what? Oh what was it? It was um, Little Women. Oh, it was Little Women. Thank you, thank you, thank you. She was holding Little, little women, women in her hand. <laughs> Symbolism. Little women can do big things. <laughs> <laughs> and oh. he opens up the book. And there's no, you don't see a weapon in it, but a piece of paper falls out that says, look inside your heart. And this was actually the first time in the movie that I was like, ooh. I was like, like, actually, like, kind of excited for this moment. I got this chills. Moment, like, got me, got me like, okay, cool. This is cool. Um, so he's all, look in your heart. And then it's like the red dot on his chest. The red right dot, there. yeah. And he's like, I'm screwed. And he, you know right there that it's like, you're screwed. So he can't see her. She's like snipering him. And she calls, she like calls the phone and Emily goes, meep, and like goes, and she's like, you just got outsmarted by a hot assassin and an eight-year-old. And she's all, eight and three quarters. And she's all, eight and three quarters. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, go tell all your friends that we're still alive and we can kill them if we want. And he's like, okay. And then they drive off and are happy. But... I don't get how that's a, I don't get how that's any kind of security. Like, call your friends, tell them we're still alive and can kill them. Didn't you just then say, like, tell them your friends to come after us? Yeah. Like. Yeah. So you're basically going to live on the edge for, like. Yeah. So instead of. Ever. Right. So instead of killing him there when you have his, him ready to go. You're going to be like, I could kill you right now if I wanted, but I won't. Instead, I'm going to leave you with a message. Go tell other people that I'm still alive and I can kill them if I want. But it's like, there's a lot of people, like, he's still a bad guy, so sequel? Yeah, that's that's exactly where <laughs> my brain went to. I was like, oh, so there's going to be a part two. Got it. Cool. Yeah. Can't wait. And then she's Can't all... <laughs> So then the end of the movie, she goes up to Emily. She's all, sorry, I killed your dad. And Emily's all, it's okay. <laughs> you saved me too. Right. So I know that you didn't really have a say. You're just pulling. It's like suddenly this eight-year-old girl has like a full understanding of like the morality and like life and death and like right. not being the one to pull the trigger but not make the call. And like suddenly she is like, Oh. Um, not mad at like, all. No remorse. Care. Yeah, she's a complete orphan now. But <sighs> I can't. I can't with this movie, dude. I literally <laughs> <laughs> I felt <laughs> if I could describe this movie in one word, it would be <laughs> Why? <laughs> Mine would be Venice Beach, thanks to you. 
Oh, shit. I really, I really was kind of like, um, (laughs) that doesn't make sense. Like, it doesn't make sense that her mom, oh, because then, second thing, (laughs) another, not second thing, like a million thing, but mom comes back and Angela Bassett is like particularly angry at mom as if they had a particularly close relationship as if the two of them may have been more than friends right which is fine mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they don't actually say it out loud but that's definitely what they're alluding to but here's the issue is like if mom is so in love with Angela Bassett how is she so in love with that that she's killing this guy And then running away, like, she's giving up her life for this vengeance. And I guess I'm... I know. I just don't get it. Like, who was she actually in love with? Was she in love with the dad or was she in love with the other librarian? Because then at the end of the movie, they, like, hold hands again for a second and then don't. But then it's, like... But then the, the thing is that, like, if the librarians work for the firm and they get the weapons for the firm and... Sam has been working for the firm as an assassin for the last 15 years that her mom was gone. And her mom, the first 15 years of her life, she was raised by these three women. And then the next 15 years of her life, her Mm -hmm. mom disappeared. And even though she stayed and was still with the guy who was raising her with these three women, 15 years later, suddenly they don't recognize her. Even though she's not the one who disappeared, she was still them. Like, yeah. Where's that? I, what? Was that a... Uh, we? <laughs> I'm going to trip over what? all these plot holes. I, <laughs> I'm going to have to get a new tire driving down this movie because... <laughs> There's so many plot I got holes. a sprained ankle, okay? Like... <laughs> I... First, before I go into my tangent, what would you rate it? A four. <laughs> Oh, that's generous, girl. Above, above everything else, I do like those paintings at Venice Beach, and so I think they look pretty <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh. I think this movie looked cool, and and it gave me <laughs> the same feeling that. This the movie Bad Times at El Royale gave me. I don't know if you have seen that one. It has John Hamm oh, no. and Jeff Bridges. Mm-mm. Um, but that movie, it's also like, it's kind of like this film noir feel where it's like the 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 camp and the cheesiness is part of that too. So it's like, I know that there's gonna I you step into it knowing this is what to expect, but then when you're expecting this much, and then they give you this much with no actual, like, substance or backbone with it, you know what I mean? Right. And so I get, I I got some of the campiness, mm -hmm. and I think overall, visually, it was good, and I think the actings, the actings (laughs) was good. I thought the acting was really good in it. But that's what they had. They had visual effects and the acting. You know, 
<laughs> so there's a scene where they're at the bowling alley and a fight breaks out between Sam and is it the four goons? The three, like the, the three goons. Oh yeah, three or four. Oh, the three of them. The three of them. And she's a bowling ball. Now, physics to me, okay, like odds are you're not gonna pick up a bowling ball that's only four or five pounds. I'm sorry. No, most you're of gonna, those, if you're just going to grab one, it's not gonna randomly be a kid's bowling ball. It's gonna be right. a general bowling ball that's like ten or eleven pounds, right? Exactly. So the minute when <laughs> the, the moment when she starts throwing the bowling ball around and smacking people with it. She's I... like, <laughs> like a softball. And it just zooms. I'm like. <sighs> no, thank you. No, thank you. Here's I... the wind up. And. <laughs> <laughs> and it's good. Like, I just. The... I was r- really also... disappointed. Yeah. It's like, how did you throw a bowling ball and it not just like go thunk onto the floor right in front of you it's not gonna propel right right it just mm. it thunks Mm-mm. i've thrown bowling balls <laughs> yeah, me too they, and they fall to the ground <laughs> not only that but like you said a lot of the plot holes that are there and and the acting was it actually i wasn't disappointed with the acting um i love karen gillen it's yeah. gillen right um, yeah, Karen Gillan was her. the lead. Love her. Lo- absolutely adore her. And um, I was excited when I heard about this movie and she was in it. The trailer does it way more justice than what's actually in the movie. Because the fight scenes that's, in the... Mm. Mm. That's the fatal flaw with movies like this. And the same with Bad Times yeah. at El Royale, which I told you feels the same exact movie to me. The trailers are so good. Like, whoever made that trailer, give them a raise. Because... Right? (laughs) You definitely got me to watch it, so... Yeah. They make these trailers look so exciting, and then you sit down for this movie, and you're like, oh. Yeah. Do we know if it's the 50s or not? (laughs) (laughs) Right. And then that was another thing. The set... When they enter the diner, when they're doing the premise, wow, I was floored. The beginning was solid. Then you get to the doctor's office mm-hmm. and it's a bunch of fucking flats and it's just a lit up room. What? Yeah. What? Budget. Like, I, I guess they had to cut out the medical <laughs> scene because they had a chair and then lit up walls and that was it for the doctor's yeah. office. Like, What? Oh, and I know the library that they wanted looked it good. to not look like. Yeah, the library was cool looking, um, mm-hmm. but they had like an enchanted forest and an underwater room. And I've never been to a library with two children's sections like that when there's only one main room for the library. Right. Like, I don't know. <laughs> they didn't even care. They didn't even care to like touch so, on it. I I take so I took note of that. I want too. to actually. So then I want to actually then just give them kudos for caring about the children in the area and actually having a library that's mostly dedicated to kids. Fair. Because there's <laughs> Fair. two kids' rooms and one adult room of books. 
I'll but take it, yeah. They, but also, then they're full of weapons, so I don't know how child-safe they are. I don't know if they're, uh... <laughs> You're not wrong, yeah. Really, really I, um, friendly for kids. <laughs> I think I'm gonna rate this... I think I'm gonna rate it a 1 out of 10 flicks. <laughs> and the 1 is for Karen Gillan and the actors and actresses in the movie because I feel like it's not their fault. <laughs> it's not their it's fault. It's not your fault, guys. You know what? To anyone who was in this movie, don't give up. Keep acting. Don't give up. <laughs> you have a future. Don't stop. You still you still have a future. <laughs> you know what's funny is the thought I just had in my brain was like, but they're making millions. <laughs> And we're like, yeah, you can do this. You can do it. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, that's kind well, of the joke. I mean, it, right, right. <laughs> but, <clears throat> yeah, I, I was not, not a huge fan. Not a, like, I wanted no. to be, but I couldn't. I wanted to be so bad. And because I think, like... I, because I liked Birds of Prey and I enjoyed Birds of Prey, I think I was expecting oh, yeah. to like this one. Uh, but it just didn't. It just yeah. didn't yeah. Um, meet. It just didn't fill my dance cart. So. <laughs> Is that our. Are, right. are we ready for the click? I think so. I think so. Um, so, this week's click is a huge deal because this is a great game um my best friend played it and she swore by it and she's the reason i played this game because she ranted and raved about it also this game came out in 2011 just so you know and around that time like pinup and and vintage style was such a huge deal at my high school in particular. So it just hit oh, yeah. all the marks for the time that it came out. Um, but the click is called L.A. Noir. And if you're a GTA fan, Red Dead Redemption fan, you know exactly what this game is. Um, it's made by Rockstar, a very notorious game developing company. And... Um, yeah, it came it out was, May 17th. Mm -hmm. It was made by Rockstar, mm -hmm. but it was actually a, like, small company in Australia. It was like a, it was like one of the guys from Rockstar who worked on Red Dead Redemption um, wanted to make, like, Australia a video game place and so he like brought people over there is that right i don't know that part of it okay i, I know team team bondi was part of it so that could be what you're referring to yes team bondi possible. yeah that's who i'm thinking team of. Bondi. so that's the the australian they one. were yeah mm -hmm. yeah yes, definitely but apparently the guy who was like the leader on that side of it was like not the easiest to work for or work with but oh um, that's rough oh no which yeah, I mean, but anyway, <laughs> um, I guess he was very like, "This is my game. I 
I have the final say. In the oh, he was territorial over it. Mm-hmm. I think that's I what that. I think that's what the thing was. But I mean, for what it's worth, this game being set in LA was prime. It, it if they would have placed this game anywhere else in the world for the time that this was in, would not have worked at all. Mm. Yeah, and unfortunately, yeah. I feel like LA was the staple of the noir age. The 50s, Well, 40s it was age. Hollywood. It was, like, mm. glitz mm-hmm. and glamour. It was uh, right. Marilyn Monroe and John F. Kennedy mm-hmm. and the Black Dahlia. Yep. <laughs> the Black Dahlia, yes. <laughs> and uh, so th- this game came out on PS3 and Xbox 360 originally, which is awesome. And then, obviously, later came out on Windows, Switch, PS4, Xbox One, and all that. Uh, it is an adventure third-person shooter puzzle game, and it actually won a BAFTA Game Award for the best score, which is fantastic because the music in this game is absolutely stunning. It is beautiful. So it's the only award it won, but it's worth it. It's, <laughs> it's a great game besides that. <laughs> when a, um, when something doesn't win anything except like music, you know that the music is good. Like Right? Right. If it didn't win anything else and the music if it didn't win it, anything else, mm. then you know it's popping. Like <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Oh, that's funny. Uh so premise of the game, it's set in 1947 LA following a cop named Cole Phelps, who is an ex-military. He um, was a part of the World War II war. Um, And he, after he got back from the war, he joined LAPD. And when you start on an LAPD or any police department, you basically start at the bottom of the totem pole. uh, And he goes on a few cases, you know, with a partner basically doing like traffic crimes and small things and you just kind of get the feel for the game and Uh the feel for the game this is where i fell in love with it because you're basically a crime investigator and for the time that this game came out it was using motion capture so the faces in the game were just revolutionary and right and they were like the faces of the actual actors right Mm -hmm. yes yes and that's crazy you you interview witnesses and victims and and yada yada and you have to decipher whether or not they're lying telling the truth or doubting or whatever and that whole facial premise is just chef's kiss it's so good um so, yeah, you investigate the crime scenes. You kind of get a feel for how the game is supposed to go. You pick up clues uh-huh. and stuff. What and, I heard uh, about the face, the facial expressions was that the animators actually did what the actors were, like, portraying. They right. were, like, using... They were, like, actually using actors. Obviously, animators use actors as models, but they didn't, like, yeah. animate and then voice. They were, like looking at the faces of the actors and actually making their facial expressions, the facial expressions of the characters. Yes. And all like the slightest eyebrow twitch, 
the the eye rolling, the little smirks uh-huh. and like head tilts. Oh, it's just it was so fluid and um yeah, just insane for the time that it came out. Um so once you kind of do a few of those scenes, those setups, uh Phelps gets promoted to uh oh, I'm sorry. Then he gets promoted to traffic. Sorry, it was small crimes before that. Um, And he goes on. Yeah. Yeah. So while he's in the traffic promotion stage, he goes on a string of like pedophilic. Is that how you say it? Pedophilic? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. Crimes. Yeah. And he's not really supposed to be doing that, but like he solved the case. So, you know, he got brownie points for that. But yeah, he goes on a pedophilic rink of cases and ends up winding at a um, finding the guy behind the crimes at a giant movie set in Hollywood. And it's really killer. Like the whole scene is really neat and catastrophic Uh and crazy. And uh, so he solves that case. And in the middle of that, you're introduced to a guy named Roy um, Earl a part of the vice department at LAPD. So vice is like top tier uh, crime investigation. And um, he basically says like Phelps, these crimes are out of your league. Like I'm here to help (laughs) blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And although Phelps, uh, Phelps like solves the entire case, he gets promoted again. Luckily he gets recognized for it. And gains another partner named Rusty Galloway, who's this kind of like heavier set man who clearly has been in the PD for quite some time and is just kind of over the whole thing. I didn't like Rusty Uh Galloway, if you can't tell. (laughs) Uh, And so once he gets uh, promoted past traffic, he kind of gets into smaller crimes, but kind of like more like murders ish. Uh-huh. And he, once he finds a few of the murders, he kind of realizes this resembles the Black Dahlia. A lot of women with, yeah. Uh, yeah, just lots of gory shit that happened. So he puts that together and solves that case. Um, In the midst, oh, I'm sorry. He finds a bunch of ransom notes that were coming to the LAPD office and then in pursuance of the Black Dolly, he's trying to solve the case with the with the ransom notes. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. And that those ransom notes lead him to a church where the killer is standing and ready mm-hmm. to kill Phelps and his partner. Um, ultimately ends up killing the guy. His name is Garrett Mason. He kills the Black Dahlia killer. And the victory of this case forced was forced to go under wraps because Garrett Mason was a higher up in the LAPD. He was related, I think. He he wasn't in, but he was related. So the story didn't wow. get out. He didn't really get yeah. He didn't really get the praise he deserved. Um, and justice for the people that died. But with that, within the office he does get promoted again to vice which is cool so he makes his way up the totem pole eventually and at this point phelps takes a character turn 
Okay, like these crimes are getting to him. It's it's really uh-huh. gory shit that he's seeing, and he frequents this bar called the Blue Room, where Elsa Lichtman is basically the entertainer, the female entertainment there. Okay. And she's foreign. She's pretty, you know, mysterious. Uh huh. Phelps has a wife and children, so. Just throw that little tidbit out there before we get to Don't the nitty gritty of that. Don't do it, man. Don't do it, man. Don't do it, man. It's not worth it. <laughs> it's not worth it. Oh, it's it, the story's crazy. It, it only gets worse. But um, <laughs> after you kind of notice the character change in Phelps, you um, he gets word that there's a morphine drug leakage i guess if you want to call it that there's just a lot of people dying from morphine overdose and okay phelps kind of realizes that oh this morphine is coming from a military supplier that was basically my same platoon it was my same squad this came back on the same boat that i came back on like all this crazy shit right interesting yeah um <laughs> and Amidst those dead bodies and those those people dying are some of his ex-military, like, comrades. Mm. So that immediately flagged him and was like, what the hell's going on? And I don't remember if Phelps goes and talks to this guy, but Mickey Cohen is the drug mob boss, head honcho kind of guy. He kind of finds out he's the one distributing the morphine to all these ex-military and other people. And during that scene, Cole suspects, Phelps suspects, like, Elsa knows something. I've got to, like, interrogate her. Uh And she goes home. He follows her to her apartment and gets invited into her apartment. And they do the hanky-pank. All the while, Roy Earl, from the beginning, who was Mr. Head Honcho, thought he was cool shit, reports it to the press. Reports that that, that Cole was having an affair with Elsa. And if you're in the, in the, I don't know if it's in the military, but I know if you're in the police department and you have an affair, bad shit happens, basically. Because you're not supposed to do that under a court of law, I guess. I don't know. Um, huh. Yeah. That's strange, so funny right? to me. Or it's so <laughs> weird to me because it's like. It's Isn't that so what cops do? <laughs> I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. Don't, don't not, all, that not all cops. Not all cops. <laughs> not all cops. Mm, For legal purposes, but, um, that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke. <clears throat> yeah, so Roy rats Cole out for the affair. Um, and this comes to show while Phelps is interviewing some of his ex-comrades, his military comrades, and he's kind of yeah. trying to figure out more of the drug bust kind of thing that's going yeah. on. And I the chief what, and the captain... Mm-hmm. I guess what, for a second ago, what sh- what shook me was that he can get in trouble for having an affair as a cop, but a cop can't get in trouble for having a ring of like pedophilic murder, like like Hidden, that cop, like that wraps. cop gets that cop gets protected, but the one who is just like yeah. sleeping with someone, an adult yeah. who's consenting, 
Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Not that not that I'm condoning him cheating on his wife at all, but it's like shouldn't they both shouldn't they both get in trouble? They don't weigh the same. (laughs) They really don't. I feel like everybody should should have consequences for their actions, not just the one guy. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? That's the beauty of this game, is it kind of forces you into that perspective Mm -hmm. because mm, it gets it gets down to it. Um, and it, it gets intense further on. Um, <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 you're fine. Um, so while Phelps is interviewing his buddies, the chief and captain come in and basically say, Hey, you had an affair. We're demoting you. So good luck. Have fun. Bye. Get out of here. And, uh, <sighs> it's so dumb, but once he gets kicked out, he, Kicks out, kicked out of the room and gets demoted. He's kind of um, to like petty theft and like random crimes. Um, one of which there there's kind of a theme going on where a bunch of houses are going up in flames, which is super crazy and outlandish. So he's going to investigate. Uh, oh, he gets demoted to arson is what it was to be exact. Oh, yeah. Um, well, that, that makes sense why he's getting all the houses being burned on fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the houses are being burned and they're a part of a bigger heist, if you will. Like, uh, there's a bigger production going on than just oh, houses burning. It's like, it's like they're using the houses as, like, a distraction to do their other stuff, their other crimes. Kind of, or... sort of, yeah. Because they're oh, trying okay. to push the suburban, like, lifestyle. They're like... Hey, your house is pretty old. Let's tear it down and put a new suburb here. And people are like, no, I don't want to do that. So they're burning the houses. Oh, I yeah. see. They're trying to do ex- an expansion. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. A lot of stuff like that has happened in the past in California where they, like, low-income neighborhoods just get, like, trash. Basically, the families get kicked out and they put a yeah. freeway over it or something or apartment complexes, yeah. like... Yeah. Which is, it's crazy. crazy. And it, it's crazy. Uh, and I I wrote as a note, I said, a bunch of sick old white men burning houses. <laughs> what else is new? Uh, what else yeah, do they what do? What else is new? <laughs> burning down houses of people who refuse to leave their homes so cheap housing uh. can be built in place. Um, and... Come to find out, during one of the investigations of a burnt house, Cole finds that one of the houses that was burned had a family in it, and it was a mom and two kids. And it was, it was really, it's graphic. It was pretty nasty. Um, but that house was burned down and promised that the family wasn't there, but it got burned down anyway. So it was, it was pretty upsetting. Um... So lots and That's lots so of mumbo jumbo, yeah, lots of mumbo jumbo about the morphine and what people's actual motives are as far as you know Mickey Cohen goes and the police department. Um, and then you get a flashback during kind of just a lull in the story of Phelps's time in the military in World War II. And come to find out, like, he doesn't really like talking about his military past and a lot of people don't respect him. So his ex-comrades that he was interviewing kind of had a standoffish feel to him. Uh, 
And you understand why in this flashback. And it's because there was a cave um, that he had taken his platoon to to flamethrow and just murder everybody that's in it. And there was supposed to be enemies in the cave, but it was a bunch of civilians. And there was one guy. Yeah. There was one guy with the flamethrower. His name is... Hold on. Where were they fighting in caves in World War II? I don't know. But they called it a cave. It's probably like a... Like a... Oh, like a... uh, Like a... Like a... A dugout. Or what do they call those? I know. Okay. It was that kind of thing. I get what you mean now. I get what you mean. I'm thinking like caves like in the desert or something. (laughs) Right. Like in a mountain. Like what are you talking about? (laughs) We've been in too many wars. I can't keep track of them. Seriously. (laughs) I just can't Um, keep them straight. Neither. uh, Honestly, you said, wait, what world? Like what war was that? Where were we? And I was like, uh. Yeah. uh, (laughs) What caves? Yeah. Uh, the guys, the guy's name that was holding the flamethrower that did the, did the deed. His name was Ira Holgerbloom. Holgerboom. 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 And. Yeah, that's how you say it. And when he came out of the cave after doing the deed, he was extremely traumatized. He was messed up. Of course. And, uh. So he kind of always blamed Phelps for that. I mean, I would too, you know. Um, and so Ira, in his PTSD state, once he got back to L.A., he was pretty knowledgeable about everything that was going on with Phelps. So he kidnaps Elsa and triggers Phelps to go find Elsa to, you know, to, to go on his goose hunt, his huh. goose chase, I guess. <clears throat> and they go into this sewer where Ira and Elsa are supposed to be. Uh, Cole has his partner with him. They find Ira and they kill him. Surprisingly. And they killed him. Basically how it's portrayed in the game is to kill him of, and rid him of his misery and his PTSD. Um, which is just horrific. That you caused. Yeah, God, no well, not kidding. Re- not really. The U.S. military caused, but <laughs> fair. Yes, fair. Wow. Um, yeah. So the fact that this was taking place in the sewer, there was a huge, um, there was a huge storm that was going on above the sewer that ended up filling up the sewer. So they frantically try to run to get out of the sewer. Everybody makes it out. Except Phelps. And Phelps dies. In the sewer. Like, of all ways to go, I think it was kind of like an homage to the traumatic event that you realized happened in World War II. And then just kind of like the affair and blah, blah, blah. I think I think that was kind wow. of a... Like, oh, here's you piece so of shit. Like, you... Is that... Is that the end of the game or is there? Almost. I, I just oh, got like okay. one oh. more paragraph. Because he's the pretty main much character. It, yeah, yeah, he dies. Like what else? <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he gets swept away. Then it cuts to Cole's funeral where 
all the secrets and all the dirty, nasty lies from the LAPD died with Phelps. And everybody in the funeral home realizes it because the chief and captain are kind of just saying like, oh, my God, he died. It's such a tragic story. Oh, my God. And Elsa gets sick to her. Like, she can't handle it. So she ends up leaving. Uh-huh. Um, and the last scene of the game is a flashback to the plan about the morphine. So they're on a boat coming back from the war to the U.S. And it's a flashback of his his comrades and his platoon just basically talking about what they're going to do with the morphine. Which I thought was a really interesting way to end the game, but... Hmm. Um, I... <sighs> that... It was such a good, rich story to me that everything involved with it, as far as the mechanics of the game go, the the c- crime solving that you have to do, you just it's so immersive to me. Uh-huh. And um, ultimately, I'd have to give this game at least a seven out of ten clicks. That's fair. Yeah, I think I saw yeah. a lot of like. People saying how much they loved how intricate the animation was. Yeah. Because of how, because of how (laughs) detailed (laughs) the facial expressions were and how it really would be difficult to sometimes have to decide if someone's lying or if they're just doubting themselves. It was hard. Um, It was very hard. But I think it's kind of weird. It seems like as you explain the plot line, it seems like he mm-hmm. kind of starts out as a good guy and then becomes a bad yeah. guy. Yeah. And that's kind of weird. And then he like dies as like the worst version of himself. Like he just goes downhill yeah. from his li- his life and it's like kind of sad. It It is um, really sad because you do want to care about Philip or Phillips. Wow. Phelps. Yeah. You want to care about him. But so much bad happened that I think what it shows is that good people who become cops have a really hard time staying good people. They do. God, that's the truth. Yeah. I mean, even ex-military, like you can go into the military and and be, uh, you know, be yourself ultimately and, and be a morally sound human, but then come back completely different. Completely. Yeah. It's hard. And what would you rate it, though? Um, I would probably give it a five. Um, mm. Yeah, like okay. a solid five. I still take that as a win. Like a game. A game. It's a game. <laughs> it's a game. It's a game. Um, I just... I. It's like a good game, but character i don't i just don't i don't feel like i like him as a character you know yeah yeah so i get that it's hard it's hard (laughs) when the main character is fucked up that's why last of us was so crucial the last like last of us part two Mm. just saying yeah it's hard to play the game if you don't like the character so yeah yeah but but anyways, this concludes our yes. episode for tonight. Thanks yes, for listening, guys. Thanks for watching. 
Um, we're on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, TikTok. YouTube, yeah. YouTube. Everywhere. Check us out, we're guys. Everywhere. Yeah, and message us and, and if- tell us what you want us to talk about movies and video games. Yeah. Anything, anything, send it our way. We will do our best to get to it because that's that's literally what we love to do. So that's literally our job. So literally our job. <laughs> that's what we're here for. Hey, ball. Yes. <laughs> so don't forget to hit us up and mm-hmm. we will see y'all next time on the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.